0: Welcome back to What Do I Know? My guest today is someone I interact with most frequently on Instagram. And by that I mean I like, comment and save his pictures. Well, despite him having this great influence on me, he doesn't consider himself an influencer. He's made it to Vogue Italia, has global media coverage and he's got more than half a million search results tagged to his name. But no, no, no. He's not an influencer.
1: I hate the word influencer.
0: Jen is a Barbie doll collector and holds the record for having the largest Barbie doll collection in Asia and second largest in the world.
1: Hey, hey, Jen! Thanks for
0: coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, of course, we are going to be talking about your collection. But the reason why I bring you on, obviously, other than to talk about our shared love in Barbie dolls, because you are one of the uh, you've got one of the largest collection in Asia.
1: I have the largest collection in Asia. Yeah,
0: the largest the collection largest. in Asia. Yes. Uh, that has gotten you a lot, a lot of interviews as well. I mean, come on, you've got like more search results, you know, tagged to your name <laughs> than I do. It's like, it's cro- like, okay, so the last I checked, it was like 400 plus thousand, you yes. know, and then now it's like 600 plus. And I I mean, by the time this airs, I, I mean, I don't know where it's at already. So, you know, Jian Yang Barbie is like, wah, booms. And it really has got the fact you know, to do with this whole record breaking and holding the... You I guess, know, I right? guess.
1: But I think it's also got to do with the, the, the content, la, the subject matter as well. Mm-hmm. Because I, I like to think that it's not just about the collection. A collection is basically like, okay, la, someone has money, you can buy a collection. Mm. But there's a lot of passion and dedication to the collection, first of all. But also the fact that I've managed to shift the conversation into the the crafts, the crafts kind of, Angle, which is basically the toilet paper stuff, la, mm, mm. Which I guess we can talk about. I mean, flushable fashion. Right?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm.
1: Well, there it is next to Guo Pace Yeah, lady.
0: that is uh, from you, a gift from you. Yeah, I, I, and I think that was also how I discovered. Uh, actually, I discovered you through Michael. Yes, who told me about he, he was you know borrowed your dolls, and I thought, wow, you mean there's someone with like uh, so many Barbie dolls? It's like cannot <laughs> be. Like that's a, I, I only thought we have it in the museums, and now, of course, speaking of museums, you also had your own. Yes. Exhibition, you're an overachiever. <laughs> Have you always been an overachiever since young? Uh,
1: so all the things that we never talk about during interviews, right? ACS boy la. So you mm. know when you're when you've already got that that ACS hat on, if that makes sense, then people already expect certain things from you.
0: So you are you saying that you're trying to live up to the standards? Or I think
1: I did try.
0: Growing up. Yeah you're saying.
1: And then eventually, after you do a few things on your checklist, it suddenly becomes like, okay, law, I did it, Law. And then you be Come that overachiever. What, what were some of the things that you did on the checklist that you checked off? Oh, wow. This is a tricky one. You know some people make a checklist and then go and fulfill it? Yes. My checklist was accidental.
0: Okay. So
1: one of the things that I like to talk about is the fact that I've done a TED Talk. I like, know. Like how many people have done a TED Talk? Right? Yeah. I've like, wow, got would... a TED logo behind and yeah. everything. I didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. I didn't go out and seek someone that would give me a platform to talk. Mm. It was my friend has the TED license. He wants people to talk and inspire the children in school. So, he got me to do it. So, it's not like I made a, a resolution to do it and then I went out and did it. It was almost like it happened. Then I just said like, okay, this was something I've always wanted to do.
0: <laughs> right. So, it's, a lot of it is after the fact. Like, Correct. Ah. So, I
1: don't actually have a bucket list.
0: But then, when you were a kid, right? Mm. Were you also like that? Like, always sort of accidentally achieving things? I'm not
1: traditional. So I think what happens is that, for example, um, all my friends were in Boys Brigade okay. and I was in the choir. If you pursue something that other people are not pursuing, it's not that the competition is particularly stiff. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> so, okay.
1: so you become an overachiever by accident.
0: So you, are you saying that you also did really well as a choir qu- in Yes, choir?
1: like stage manager, went to ACJC, despite me being s- completely stupid. I'm like really stupid. I just sound very clever occasionally.
0: What do you mean? You're com- What do you like, mean?
1: I couldn't get into ACJC on my O-level score.
0: And you got in because of choir? Choir.
1: I appealed into ACJC and I got into ACJC.
0: Okay, I mean, st- stupid just sounds like a really harsh word to use on yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> like these days, I mean... You
1: cannot use this word on the kids. You yeah. cannot say this about people. Strawberry generation. Uh,
0: you really think so? Mm. It's it's that. Mm. But what what about?
1: No, i I very hated you no, because like I also I'm in an agency right. So I'm an integrated agency and like so many things you cannot say anymore.
0: Okay, okay. Tell us a little so... bit about what you do outside of this collection okay, of yours so that you have. You only
1: know the doll thing, right?
0: Uh, most people so... like know you because of the doll thing, I guess, right? guess, yeah. yeah. So what do you what do you do outside of that?
1: I run an integrated communications agency. So basically, mm-hmm. my agency has creative, PR, digital, social, and a production arm. Mm. That's what I do. And,
0: and this strawberry generation you were talking about, it, with regards to this agency that you're running. So,
1: you know you know how like, there was a point where, yeah, okay, I, I was not a thin child, and people would just call you like fat, right? My name was actually Tu Batian, I kid you not. Tian, in, like,
0: people t- call you call that in, in, t- in t- school, t- yes. not not family la, right? no, ah. like, oh, Okay, okay. So soon, all the nasty name yeah. calling and stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So like, so like before you, before you just call someone fat. Now rash. cannot call them fat; must call them curvy, oh, right? And then rash. like in the office, cannot use the word depressed because there's medical depressed, and there's also like there's just I'm feeling low. Okay. Yeah, which is different from clinical depression.
0: So how, how do you feel about all of these changes then? Like, do you think it's for the good
1: or not? The hard thing is that I think, like, like I said just now. Right, I mean, we we were talking off camera, sorry, but like, you know, at forty, I found I found a, I found this like difficulty transitioning into forty, because. Mm. At that stage, at 40, right, you finally decide who you are. I'm going to say what I want. I'm going to live the, live the way I want to live. Blah, all of that stuff. And then suddenly, I cannot call someone fat. I cannot say depressed. I cannot say gay. I cannot say whatever.
0: How are you adapting to it? Because you have to, right? You have
1: to, exactly. So you have to. So it's just a matter of... Learning and so, moving. So, I
0: on. mean, wasn't there any trauma, like, for you? Would you consider that? People name-calling and all this, like, if you really look into it, did it not cause you any hurt? So,
1: I think the hurt, right, lasted a very short time. So, I'm very fortunate. I must say I'm very fortunate because, of course, it caused you hurt. Mm, um, yeah. And kids calling each other names is fine but once you go internet famous,
0: right, right,
1: and there's suddenly all these things on Yahoo and YouTube calling you Bapo Pondan Faggot, Crazy mm. Rich Asian, literally everything, right, is mm. there. And then you're like, oh shit, what do I do now? I mean... Mm. How do you cope with that? Because it, you were thrown into it yeah. unexpectedly. So, like I said, I'm very lucky that I got mm. over it very quickly and immediately turned it into a positive. So, if you know that this is going to be out there, and people are going to call you names and attack your partner, your family, your mm-hmm. parenting, your parents' parenting style. Then you just have to develop a personality which basically counters all of that. Which I notice seems to be one that's very joyful. Yes. <laughs> it's
0: almost like you know, you can say whatever you want about me, but I'm happy living the life that I am. And it's like Correct. almost the best sort of revenge you can give to yeah. the, the haters, right? Exactly. To lead a good life and to be happy. Yeah.
1: So I think I think the good thing about this internet fame as well, right, is that, you know, there's things you don't talk to your parents about. But when suddenly things like this happen, right, and then you suddenly have to open up a conversation with your parents, you actually become a lot closer.
0: Mm. So what was the hardest conversation you had with them?
1: Actually, the funny thing is that this stupid collection going public is the hardest conversation, because all this time it's confined in your own bedroom in your parents' house behind these mm-hmm. nineteen seventy two closets, lah, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you don't think of it as as I have to apologize to anyone for my weirdness because it's mm-hmm. just my my childhood toys.
0: Did you think you were weird when you say weirdness? I mean,
1: referring... who didn't know la Please la <laughs> it... I was like in my twenties, living in my parents' house, sitting in my sitting on the floor, in my boxer shorts, brushing oops, sorry, but brushing Barbie hair. So so a bit crazy la. I know it looks crazy lah.
0: Did you speak to your parents about it? Like yeah. what you said, and then yeah, yeah. What 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 were the response like?
1: I think there was obviously an initial like, holy shit, what are people gonna think? Because like I said, you. Loosely speaking, if you come from I guess middle class, upper middle class English speaking society, it's it's what your what your parents', parents peers are going to think first. Right? Mm. So parents very active in church, for mm, example. Mm. So my son is my son, my son, oh he lives he lives in Australia, he goes to Bahrain, he does all these amazing things, he owns agency, ha ha. ha. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly he also collects Barbie.
0: Which I guess they never had to tell anyone. Exactly. You had to know, but exactly. now they do.
1: And then suddenly, it's like, is he that Barbie guy? Then you see my father's face drop, you know. Then you're like, shit, now now I feel bad. Because my poor father was not primed for this.
0: Right. Then what happens after that? Like how did how did they cope? Or What did you do to help them cope? Of- I think
1: you, you have to assure them that whatever people think of me cannot reflect on them. And if nothing else, you will jump to their defense.
0: But wouldn't you also say that, I mean, a big part of who you are today is also because of them. Yes, they absolutely. It. And, and, absolutely. And if anything, they—they they, can I even say that they encouraged it?
1: Encouraging would be pushing it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, they I didn't
0: mean, encourage it, but they allowed it. We can
1: figure out whether my parents know how to access this podcast. <laughs> 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 then I can calibrate what to say. But, I mean, but,
0: so... Okay, I I suppose what I would see as encouraging it is like they would buy you the Barbie.
1: No, actually no. So I think even as a six-year-old, I guess, you also know, right, that this particular thing is a girl's toy. You don't ask for a girl's toy. I mean,
0: that's, I guess, my own... It's like,
1: I'm talking 1984, 1985 kind of...
0: It is interesting, yeah, because children develop this whole gender concept. Correct. Um, Whether or not... In, in I mean, accidentally or intention. I mean, we we I, I have two young kids mm-hmm. myself, so I I've always tried to raise them in such a way like we don't do very specific like girls mm. toys or boys yeah. toys and all that, but still they develop this.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know from where, from school from friends. You but know, you
1: are a woke parent, right? Okay. Woke. <laughs> yeah, 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 You okay. are a woke parent, but back in the eighties, like all you knew was from school. Yeah. So I was from an all boys school. So, if you're from an all-boys school and everyone's only playing with Star Wars, He-Man, Centurions, and Sky Commanders, and Dino Riders, for example, that's all you're allowed to play with.
0: Okay. Yeah, so
1: suddenly there's this like like 12-inch brushable hair figure in a ball gown, Mm. and just, I guess, your 6-year-old mind says, I'm not allowed to have this. Mm. So, I never asked for it.
0: But I mean, you've you've told this story many times Mm. about how you stole your sister's uh, your your younger sister's Christmas present, and that was how it all started. Then, how did you start growing this collection from young? Then, if nobody gave them to you, pocket money. So you bought. So I was I was
1: doggedly determined even as a six year old because if I was going to be given all these other things, then whatever money I save can be can go into something that I truly want.
0: Were you ever told that, hey, this is not right, this is a problem, like, you know, you, you shouldn't and this and that, and then,
1: well, no, Well, not really. So, again, very fortunate, because I don't think my parents saw it as a problem. It was more like, okay, I mean, this is who he is, maybe he'll grow out of it. If he doesn't, he'll figure out what to do with it.
0: You know, I, I, I give it to your parents, <laughs> I, I feel, for being so cool about it mm. and I do believe that you you grew up in quite a loving environment mm. that's why you are such a happy person yep. but beyond this very happy <laughs> person that I see or that you know we all always tend to take things at face value we see you on social media of course you don't post unhappy stuff the sad, stuff, things, the sad right? Right? things crying in
1: the corner like your
0: fights and all that you don't do yeah. that but then beyond this this facade or I shouldn't say facade <gasps> like this, facade no 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 I take she- that back I take that back uh-huh. this 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 happy this happy appearance that you have and obviously giving a lot of joy to people like me because I say this all the time that your instagram account is the only one that I interact with the most <laughs> um, and that I would like hey, are you posting or not can you post or not can you like hurry up with your post or not you know like, I have this sort of um desire to want to see you post more so so beyond all that you know what what is the real you like
1: you uh, mm. uh, see you you are in the limelight you are in the limelight, right? So, mm-hmm. to a very large extent, the stuff that we put out there for the limelight becomes our reality.
0: Wow. Okay. Tricky, right? It's mm-hmm. a tricky one.
1: Mm-hmm. I frame everything in my life as something that is here to amuse me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I guess that's how you get joy, right?
0: Where, where does this come from? I mean, I'm sure people w- want that too. But you, they don't always
1: You cannot do see the bad in every situation. Mm. So, um, I, I I think you know this, but I used to live in the Middle East. And when I lived in the Middle East, uh, a lot of my friends were Lebanese and I went to Beirut quite a lot. Uh, we would go there to like party, we'll go there for conferences, we'll go there for a lot of things. And there was this life in Beirut, right, which you've never experienced in your life. We would get super drunk until 4, 5, 6 a.m., Next morning at 9am, we'll wake up and we'll go to work. So, I actually one day asked one of my friends, the Lebanese friends, right? How come the spirit of Beirut is like this? And she's like, well, this is a war-torn country, right? We could literally die tomorrow. So, every day has to be lived like this.
0: Mm, so, you, living every day like it's the last? Yeah. Or what would you do? Without with the, the
1: doom and gloom. It's just kind of like like... That's why I said I don't have a bucket list. So happy? one of your questions was, is there a doll that you've always wanted that you never got? Yeah. And my answer is no. Because... You don't even know that... Which doll is that? Yeah, because I've just kind of like... Everything I've wanted, I just find a way to buy it lah. And then you buy it. And then it doesn't become a grail or a bucket list thing anymore. It's just like, now I have
0: it. Yay. So do you actually think that having a bucket list will work against your favour? Like, it makes you unhappy because you are chasing after
1: something. It, exactly. So th- it, it's a very uncomfortable conversation to have because if you have a bucket list, it can be construed as you creating What's ambition. Wrong with that? But Coding it ambition? can also be construed as you setting yourself up for disappointment because no one calibrated your bucket list before. So if mm. your bucket list is like, oh, I want to go to Canada and live in a great, nice hotel, that's check, can do one. Mm. But if, for example, your bucket list thing is you know, jump out of a plane without a parachute, See?
0: Is that on anybody's bucket list? I don't like, know, <laughs> la. I mean,
1: thinking off the cuff here. But, right,
0: right, okay. Yeah.
1: So like, I mean, publishing a book, for example, can you imagine if I put on my bucket list, I want to publish a book and I want it available on Amazon. And then opportunity doesn't come. Don't have enough money to do it. Don't have the right friends. Can't sell it to a publisher, blah, 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 blah. And then you're just going to sit there in your, in your 40s going like, I've always wanted to publish a book and no I wants to pick up my book. Then
0: are you saying that we should all just uh, not have plans? Because, you know, we are just setting ourselves up for disappointment.
1: Yes, I am saying that. (laughs) I am saying that. That's a bold statement. Like, we should not have plans. Because... And we've been taught
0: to sort of plan since young, isn't it? Like, you need to have like... Where you want to be in 5 years and 10 years and all that. Yeah. And what you're saying is totally going against that. I
1: think having an end goal in mind versus planning every step towards the end goal is where the the nuance is. Right. Because, for example, like, turning 40 again, but, like, all I wanted to be, eventually, was happy. Because there was this period where, like, it was like, oh, you need to be rich. Or, I need to move into a three-bedroom, semi-detached house, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Right? The very specific Singaporean checklist. Mm. And I think those are the, the steps which lead to disappointment versus if you vaguely say i want to be happy i won't define what happiness is but every day i will live like that
0: like you have this amazing ability to sort of turn every obstacle or you know hard <laughs> lesson into something positive so much so that you don't even think of it as a disappointment or a setback yeah
1: yeah this I, is a superpower i guess it's conditioning but like i said i think if you if you focus so much on the bad, right? You will never move on. You will never be able to let stuff go. You'll never be able to, like, move forward in your own life.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. You, You have always been dealing with toys. Yeah. Because now you mentioned about Transformers.
1: Yeah. So I started my career writing press releases for Mattel. So I launched Winter in (laughs) New York Barbie and Autumn in Paris Barbie and a Hot Wheels set and everything. Imagine uh, as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old, right, fresh out of school, and you can write a press release better than anybody that was employed in the agency because you're so fluent in the category.
0: And that's because of your collection. I mean, I would look at you and 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 I would think that you are where you are today because you sort of had all that... You know, accolades and you know results. It's also
1: the it's the portrayal because, like, see, I hate the word influencer, right? But you see, celebrities, celebrities have a crafted have a crafted brand presence. So there was a, it's almost like whoever created each individual celebrity had a master plan of what void the person needed to fulfill, what they were to look like, what they would be wearing, blah, 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 blah. The age of the influencer is self-created celebrity. One day you open an Instagram account, nobody knows who you are, but then you build your own personality, you build your own look, you build your own aura, you build your own whatever it is. So you actually, with the power of social media, you now have the power to craft your own brand presence. Each of us is a brand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But then there's influencer and there's KOL and there's content creator. Same line.
1: now they're all interchangeable lah. Uh, KOL You think influencer. it is? It is. Key opinion leader is someone that leads opinions, right? Yeah. Influencers are people that influence you to buy, right? Yeah. Very similar. What? So
0: you're an influencer Because you influence me to buy.
1: I influence one people, one person. I don't know if that's counted as an influencer I don't
0: uh, think it's just me. I mean, come on. It can't be just me like looking at your feed and going like, oh my goodness, I want to get that doll because... He has it.
1: I, 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 don't know. I don't. I don't like the connotation. I just don't like the the term influencer. Okay, because I was brought up in this in this toy industry. So now we're talking work. So in the in the toy realm, right? What we always say is that the children are the influencer, the parents are the purchaser. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, the influencer is always a child. Mm-hmm. It's always someone that someone that can convince you to buy something. Right, but then now you've got this generation of people that have built themselves into a role where all they want to do is make you buy shit.
0: So okay, so I I'm I'm seeing this and I'm just thinking Mm -hmm. if the the difference now is that you did not set up with the intention to make people buy. Correct. It's just like okay, so happened that because of your post, I look at it, I'm like, wow, that looks great. I want to have it. Uh, That's sort of a you know Mm. accidental influencer mm. uh, but whereas for the influencers that you have in mind in mind
1: they set out to want to make you to buy something make you buy something but
0: there are a lot of authentic you know influencers out there such as me no i'm not an influencer you're not influencer yeah, You
1: celebrity is a different, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, a is, different it is it yeah, is that's realm. true that's
0: true but because <laughs> i i also don't follow the influencer um yeah group yeah uh, but you know, the young people are all about like authenticity, you know, being real and all that. So I'm just assuming that this new industry, which, which is made up a lot of, you know, by all these young people, mm. that they would be pursuing that, you know, that, that genuine and honest and authentic and raw feel. And like, you know, they speak their mind. If I don't yeah. like it, I, I, I just don't like it. I won't say I like it just because you're paying me. Like, isn't yes, it? they will. Really? Yes, they
1: will. Yes, they will. Because I mean we we deal with nano, we deal with micro, we deal with macro influencers professionally. Right. And you know what if if I seed you a meal from X fast food chain, for example, and it's basically for you to put on your Instagram, right? And you put on Instagram and you're like, Oh my god, this so amazing, the ice cream's like creamy, oh my god, blah blah blah. If you don't do that, I'm never gonna send you anything again, right? And as the owner of a PR agency, I also won't send you anything from the rest of my clients, which means that you will now no longer get a chance to work on, let's say, Credit Suisse, New Balance, anything, anything, because now you, you screw me.
0: So you mean you actually want them to say like, oh my God, it's so creamy, it's so great, is it? But yes. Is, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Why else do we see them products so that they can criticize us? No,
0: right. And and with that, I think we're going for a break because I need to like <laughs>
1: mull on this for a bit. I didn't know we had breaks on a podcast.
0: let's continue this wonderful (laughs) conversation that we've been having off uh, camera as well uh, that uh, about with Jin and his huge Barbie doll collection Uh, we we all know him for that and the reason why I wanted to bring you on is really to talk about the importance of play Mm. right because I for the longest time have battled with um, play why do I say that I actually feel guilty for playing
1: why (laughs) like
0: I've grown up with this mentality that you have to work first then you play, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got to finish your homework before you can play. you got to do work and, and it's always like you got to work then you can play but then I realised as an adult the work never ends. Yeah. But we were never, I was never that conscious or aware of it so I never found time to play because play became like the less important thing and then I was just coping with so much and then when, you, you know, when I am sort of trying to put away my kids' toys, to me that's like, the only time I have to sort of play because I'm actually handling the toys and then as sometimes as I get carried away and I'm doing it, like you know taking a little bit more time than I needed to I sort of feel guilty and I'm like why am I wasting time playing I should be doing something productive yeah so I, I for the longest time had a battle with this guilt of playing and I look at you and you're so like unapologetic about playing you play like all the time <laughs> <laughs> and you, you just mentioned that you're 40s and I'm sure there's this stereotype of what a 40-year-old man should be doing at mm. this age. But you're still playing. Like, mm. how, how do you do that?
1: See, I think it's also about the definition of what play is because mm. I don't think that... Well, there was this period where, like you said, you finish work, then you start playing, mm. right? But I think that sometimes it's also a matter of integrating play into your, your, your day. You know, like, like, I actually consider what we're doing right now, play. I don't see this as work. I see this mm. as, like, conversation with a friend. And a conversation with a friend, to me, is enjoyment. And enjoyment is play.
0: I, I mean, I get that because I also hear people saying things like, oh, going to the gym is fun for yeah. me. Like, it's, it's a sort of play. It's, it's yeah. Like, when you ask someone, what do you do for fun? Um, I, I go to the gym, you know, uh, I I read. I mean, these... Yes, it may be considered fun, but when I when I think about fun and and play, I'm I'm really looking at you doing it like a child, mm. you know. And because you've mentioned also before in some of your interviews that you 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 just take your your dolls out from the boxes, you're not you know afraid of like wow well, you know you have to keep yeah. the boxes and this and that, and you just play with them and and you just and that's how a child does it. And I remember you saying this, which really struck uh, a chord in me because I'm like yeah we we don't play like a child anymore. <laughs> I, I find myself at this stage in my life not playing enough mm. and I want to, and I look at you and I'm so envious because you are making time to play I, I don't know if you make time for it or you just sort of you know go into it but yeah so, you you are intentionally playing
1: yeah, I, I just enjoy everything that I do and I think that the, the whole purpose of play is to make yourself smile The concept of play is childlike childlike wonderment.
0: And experimentation. Yeah. Yeah, and free from judgment. Exactly. Or
1: even instruction. Exactly. So, like you said just now, right? Like, the good thing about me collecting dolls and not caring about value is that there's this there's this childlike wonder of like, ooh, this is fun. I'm going to throw her in the pond today. And you just take out the stupid mermaid, $400, throw the thing into the pond, and fun. Yay, nice picture. It, you know what I mean? Just-
0: <laughs> I, I have a mermaid doll that, like, cost quite expensive. It's, yeah. the, it's the collector's one.
1: Oh, yeah? The pearl one.
0: I, I, I don't... I cannot remember. I still, like, keep it in the carton box, right? Because, like, I didn't... Where's the fun in that? You you, you know, exactly. I, I think I grew up with this mindset, right? That you save all the best things for that special occasion. You know, like, my mum has a... When is that? And, exactly. And, like, I look at her and I would think the same way, right? Like, look, mom, you've got this nice expensive watch that dad mm. gave you. And you're only wearing it when you go for a wedding dinner. And how often do you get invited to a wedding dinner? Yeah. But she will only wear... And, and I used to think, has that so... But I think growing up like that, it's also that, that mentality, you know, mm. that you, you save it for that precious um, moment. And then sometimes you realise that, that that moment never arrives. Yeah.
1: And then what? Yeah. So, but you know, the the funny thing here is that we're also talking about generational differences. Lah. Because there is... Our parents lived through... 40s and therefore war. Right? So war obviously made you into a much more like 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 a saving a saving society because mm-hmm. you needed to be be prepared for what if. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got National Geographic from the 80s in my house, in my parents' house. And you're just like, when are you ever going to look at this whale? <laughs> <laughs> right? But cannot cannot throw away. So so I think that that generation is going to behave that way and we can't fault them for it. We just have to understand why they do it. My mother has like one bag that she carries. You know, like you you finally buy her that one designer bag, right? Then, wow, precious bag, right? But if you look in your own wardrobe right now, how many designer bags you got?
0: So so that's why I'm, I'm saying with you, you're not just, you actually, I don't know if you're mm. even considered a collector. Because collectors, sometimes they keep everything, you know, mm. pretty in the boxes because that's the, where the value is. You actually play with it. Yeah. And I think that's a very rare quality. And I just feel like we all need more of that, you know. This, almost this in, intentional play or mm. even setting aside time. to Because I remember you telling me that that's what you do on weekends. Mm. Tell tell me about, and I mean, tell us about your weekends. Like, how do you spend your weekends?
1: Mm, Well, I I have a best friend and we do sport. So, sport is what we do on on Sundays. Um, And we don't define the sport. So, there's rollerblading, squash, tennis, swimming, whatever it is, it's Mm. any sport. So, whatever we plan, I will find a reason to to bring a particular doll out with me. Mm. So if we're going to a pool, bring a mermaid, bring some like swimsuit doll. Mm. If we're going to a squash court, there'll be like some sport doll. If we're going to a nature reserve, that'll be something I put in a waterfall. Lah. Mm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> with dinosaurs Yeah, too. with dinosaurs. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Yes, yes. Squatting so, in awkward positions. And... Yeah, and you see, that's, that to me is fun because you can actually integrate play into your daily thing. Like, 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 I'm going to take 45 seconds out of that hike to photograph a dinosaur, mm. right? And mm. that's, that's how I enjoy myself. And you haven't disrupted anyone else's day. You haven't, like, I guess the only pre-planning was the night before I was like, oh, which dinosaur do I put in my backpack today? Yeah,
0: and, and also having peop- the people around you supporting you in that yeah. too, right? And not like, there we go. He's got to stop and he's got to take a photo of the dinosaur with that stupid waterfall. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Like, yeah. you don't have that sort so the, of
1: Also, the good thing about, resistance. Birth, about growing older is that you also are able to curate your friends now. Mm. Because before, right, one of the things that you needed to be was popular.
0: You think so? Yeah, Absolutely. What, for
1: you? Absolutely. I needed to be popular. I was afraid that One person won't like me.
0: Wow. And where do you think this can come from? Like, why do you felt like you need to be popular?
1: Like, because a lot of my friends, right, are hyper overachievers. Mm. Good looking, rich, etc, etc. And then you're just kind of like, they're always Mm. that, not good looking enough, not rich enough. Mm. Because I'm so terribly average. Compared
0: to the rest of your peers.
1: Even now, I find myself terribly average. So suddenly, right, this stupid doll thing happened. And you're just like, oh my god, I have a unique selling point. Which you didn't think it was. Yeah, because it was just a collection in my parents' house. There was never this moment, right, where I said, I am a doll collector. It's never a moment. Because when you're a kid, you play with toys. Yeah. And there are some toys that you throw away, you give to your cousins, and there are other toys that just stay with you. So I never saw my dolls right as as now particularly in 1996 I've become a collector no I've always just been that guy that still has my toys
0: I've always been made to think that toys are like waste of
1: money mm, yeah H- haven't you yes yes and to to be very honest I think there was a point where you figure, okay, maybe if I'm a collector, right, then this is all investment,
0: right? And then at
1: some point, you realize that the stuff that you're paying $100 for is now $50 on eBay. Then you're like, okay, you know what? This is a terrible investment. (laughs) And I've left the damn thing in the box and I've deprived myself of the joy of playing with it in the hope that it will go up in value. So I'm like, okay, now legit speaking from experience, every $100 that you buy, one will go up in value. The rest of them will drop to like, one fifth the price, or something. So, you mm. know what? Enjoy every single doll that you have. And by the way, if there's something that goes up in value, go buy another one.
0: Mm. Okay. And so, if your house is on fire and you can only save one doll, which one would it be? Why choose one?
1: Like, to me, it's just like. Just grab whatever you can.
0: No, la, just <laughs> leave it. No, just look Let at it, it go. and
1: go like, and go like, like, it served its purpose. It Whatever is there has made me happy already. What's the point of having it? Still.
0: Oh my goodness! How come, How can you? How can you let it go? Mm, but okay,
1: wait, wait. So now, right? Shameless self promotion. I'm going to talk about the book, right? Every single one of those toilet paper dresses doesn't exist anymore. Y-
0: yes. Okay. Yeah. Now that you mentioned about this, you talk about it. You you intentionally did it this way, and yeah, I remember huh? you made a dress, my my star Wars dress, and I remember telling you, "Can you save that dress for me?" And you said it's gone. It's gone. I mean,
1: oh, this ability to just.
0: Let it go. Like, mm. I think that's the hardest thing for so many of us. Uh, I mean, it's, we're not just talking about toys here, you know. Mm. We're just talking about the little things in our it's life. It's life. It's life. That we just can't let go. Yes. We can't just flush it down the toilet like you can. And and, and, and you know, appreciate that it has served its purpose. It's time for it to go. And you know what? Maybe something better will come. Exactly. I mean, this is a lesson that I think is so <laughs> um, valuable. That we can all have a little bit more in our lives to just be happy. And I think the secret maybe to being as happy as you are is is really this, you know. Mm. Living in the moment, living like every day is the last. I tell myself that that's how I live, but I don't think I'm doing it in action. How has internet and this whole social media thing changed your life
1: I think before when people criticize you they whisper it to their friends and you never know that they're criticizing you mm-hmm. now it's kind of obvious like like when they are like you know like when they're commenting on your Instagram or commenting on news articles of you
0: do they still do, do you still get like hate comments on your Instagram I mean... yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah um, I delete them fast enough oh um, okay. yeah because um, and I you know uh, you know the funny thing right is that we talked about what we've never covered before right mm-hmm. The one thing that we've never covered because international media is this crazy rich Asians nonsense.
0: So tell me about this crazy rich Asians thing. How, how? I mean, how bad was it? Mm. So
1: crazy rich Asians happened, right? The movie mm. came out, right? Mm-hmm. And there was this period where my Instagram was basically: he's from Singapore, his fucker is rich, mm. so that's why he can afford this doll to throw in the sea. That's why this he mm. can. And and there was this new layer of before it was just like okay gays play with dolls Mm -hmm. right and now there was this like and now he's rich and Mm. you're like no no you idiot Mm. to be fair i think that it opened my eyes to be a bit more sensitive because our so-called urban lifestyle has made us take for granted a lot of things that we think are standard. My father used to be a lecturer in the poly ah. and, and he used to run all of the CSR programs, all the charity programs. Uh, so, I would have to go and do charity work because my father's the lecturer. Um, and, you've never seen poverty. The funny thing is that Singaporeans, we forget that we've never seen poverty.
0: Even when you were on those? Uh...
1: No, so that's the thing where you go on these trips and then suddenly you understand what real world poverty is. Mm. And it opens your eyes to a lot of the things that we take for granted.
0: Mm, then do you feel guilty for like yes. collecting these so-called frivolous yes. toys?
1: Yes. So there was this moment where it was just kind of like, oh shit. Yeah.
0: And, the, and so was it that moment where you sort of just paused in your uh, collection?
1: or I think I became to... much more sensitive about what I said.
0: In, in social media, yeah. you mean?
1: Yeah, uh. and also in person because, you know, it's, it's very easy to lose sight of what the bigger picture is when all your friends are very like-minded. Mm, so like, yes. you know, it's like, we're all going to Tangling Club. We're all driving there in our Mercedes. Of course, we're going to talk like this. Yes, And then yes. suddenly you realize like, shit, we, we are being incredibly insensitive. Mm. Yeah, so that one really, it, it shook me a bit.
0: I've also come to realize one thing that, that we, we shouldn't compare this. You know, we, we also shouldn't be made to feel guilty mm. for what we have, yeah. Because uh, someone else is worse off than us. Because one thing that you said before is that you you know you you didn't steal these dolls. Like mm. you you bought them with your own hard earned money. Mm. You you had to work. Yeah, it wasn't like they just dropped from the sky and then you know. I mean, of course you had an inheritance from Jamie, $50. Yeah, but, yes. Um, but <laughs> most of your collection, I mean, yeah, I mean, you bought them yourself with yeah. your own hardened money. And I remember you saying this to me as well, like, I earn money and I spend it the way I like it. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you invest then? Do you even invest? I do,
1: I do, I do, I do. I'm very, I'm unfortunately very practical when it comes to this. So, oh. yeah, I've always had... Uh, a very tight financial plan. So I know how much goes out every month. I know how much I have to put in the savings to the point that a lot of my own salary, uh, it, all, it all channels out into accounts by... Uh, like, we've already set it up that way. Like. Right. So the the account that my card is attached to is spending money.
0: So you're not all that... Um, I'm not all ex- frivolous. Yeah, all <laughs> extravagant <laughs> no. or OTT. No,
1: no, no. To me, growing up, right, does not equate to being irresponsible. Not growing up, sorry. Not growing up does not equate to not being responsible. Because mm-hmm. I think you can have childlike wonderment in everything that you do, but you are still a responsible adult. I mean, you can't run from the fact that you're 42-year-old that has like a house to take care of, family, company now. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's all that shit that you basically have to do. Mm-hmm. But are you going to lose your joy from having to do that? No.
0: So how do you think we can all bring more joy into our lives? Or, or how can Singaporeans bring more joy into their lives? So
1: I, I like to I like to say this in my own agency as well. I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in work-life integration. Okay. Okay. So like I always have a toy in my pocket. Mm. Physically or metaphorically. It's not in my pocket right now, but my stuff over there. It's like <laughs> I've basically got like some stack of dolls there with me now. Yeah. And I think It's just about how you take time during that that day of actual real life things and find the moment to randomly take a picture of Elvis with that microphone, for example. You know what I mean? It's just finding an excuse to be stupid for a second Mm -hmm. and then go back to your real life. Mm.
0: And after a while, that becomes almost habitual and then you don't even think about it. Yeah. 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 Mm. I think that's a good tip to have. I mean, my tip would be, you know, that we, we have to stop justifying the things that we have to do as fun. Mm. Um, because then we forget what are the real things that bring us joy and that is considered fun for us. And for me, I in order to overcome that, I had to sort of dig deep into myself. Like, why do I feel guilty and all that? And then, you know, really almost scheduling time to do it. Mm. Like, you know what? Today, I'm just going to play and I'm not going to feel bad about it and I just do it. So I think, uh, in a way, it's, it's intention setting that intention mm. and then... Uh, but we first must recognize that we want to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, with that, I think if we, we can all have more fun, I think we will end up like you because, I mean, to me, I look at you and I think you're successful. Oh. Because you're successful in being happy and, and bringing happiness to the and I think that's the best thing that you can be you're mm. telling I mean you're telling people that if you die today you have no regrets yeah that's success yeah we have had a very enlightening conversation to be honest this is like therapy for me very selfish but I hope you've gained something from our conversation here but before we let Jen go I mean I, I can't bear to let him go but we need to know what's upcoming for you because you've done it all right you've gone on the magazine you've done your own museum you've done your tech talk. I mean you've done your own exhibition you've done your TED talk you've published a book what else is there?
1: You make it all sound so amazing It is Oh my god, my life is amazing <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, I've got actually two exhibitions planned Yes, Ooh. yes Yes, can't talk too much about them Okay uh, One of them is is a toy specific one Okay And the other is more personality based um, Yeah, at a, at a very central location
0: And we can be expecting this in the middle of the year
1: or If I'm not wrong, it's April and July
0: Ah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So where, where can our viewers find you and, and to know about this once you know you're, you're willing okay. to share?
1: Well, I guess my, my Instagram. So my Instagram is jianyang1979. Mm-hmm. It's like my old email address. Don't judge. Um, <laughs> it's basically my name with my birth year. So... Yeah, that that's it, I guess.
0: <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for finding time to do this and for sharing how you create joy in your life and, you know, talking beyond your collection. I mean, I'm grateful that you're here to share all this with me and really open up my mind and make me less afraid to play. Uh, but unfortunately, all th- good things come to an end. So I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with uh, me and Jen and be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a 5-star review and share it with your friends. You can also find a video version of this podcast with some bonus content over at my brand new YouTube channel. See you in the next episode.
1: This was the Pop Podcast.